Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Okay. Hi there. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Good, Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing um, you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we are talking about Genesis, um, chapter two this week and yesterday Terry was talking about fractals and how she's been thinking about fractals and her math equation that she brought up. That is like this infinite math equation. And let me tell you something. I've been thinking about that. Um, and I was always the kid who was like, okay, like you tell me two and two makes four, but why? Like somebody explained to me why it says when you have these two different things that somebody just made up. Like, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many hours and tears were spent at the dining room table working on algebra with my dad. Because my dad is like, this is just how it goes. I'm like, but why? <laughs> tell me why. Like, who got to decide that that's what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about like this infinite equation. I'm like, that's not math. That's math is like two and two is four and there's a solution to it. So and to start off with this equation uh, starts off with um, Z to the Z with the two. So Z to the second power or yeah. Uh, yeah. squared. Yeah. A C. Mm-mm. That's the equation that starts no. it off. No. Okay. <laughs> and then like, I, I can even, I can even see like maybe some, a couple of letters in the equation. But then when you start adding symbols in, because we've now run out of letters and numbers, forget it, folks. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. I, so I was like you, it was really hard for me to get the two and two is four, like the concepts when I was little with that. Yeah. But then when I got to geometry, I had a lot of trouble. Mr. Ewell, I am so sorry. It was like I was in the in the, the classroom and he'd say, Rosemary, here's a theory. Now prove it. Like, here's a line. Now prove it. Remember that in geometry? And I'd say, yeah, well, I believe you. And he goes, <laughs> no, you have to prove it. I go, prove you use chalk. <laughs> it was like, it got into this like big giant discussion of nothing. And he was like, right. Sit down. <laughs> like, here's the line. That is proof that the line is there. Is there. Yeah. And listen, like, I fully recognize that math is way bigger than just what I deem as math. I I am not minimizing that, but that just, that's how my brain works. Like, that's, that's not how it works for me. It's part of what he was saying, um, that it's conceptual, right? Yeah. And it doesn't really real until someone writes it down. He was, he's pretty funny. He's like, you can't stub your toe on an equation, you can't stub your toe on a number. <laughs> you can't accidentally swallow a number. number. It's conceptual. Okay, like and let me, fish don't, don't do math, right? <laughs> they don't. Okay. They, <laughs> ride, they don't ride bicycles either. Go ahead. Good point. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But it's like the point of math, and nobody ever explained it to me, is to help us 
um, train our brains to think in ways that are conceptual. That is a gift that God has given humans in that our brains are able to be trained in this manner, um, not just to search out for food, but to also engage in matters that are higher than just survival. And as we engage in these different, if someone would have told me that about math, um, I might've been more interested or, you know, in that, but that's what math is about for us. You're right with the conceptual, that part here, even philosophy too, it helps us do that. Studying God's word helps us engage in these concepts that are conceptual, that humans are able to engage in. We are specifically created to worship God in these ways. Isn't that awesome what he gives us? And then to give us fractals so we can actually see it in his world. I'm like, oh God, you're so cool. He is so good. Yes. Yeah. I'm very thankful that he gave someone that gift to be able yes. to figure out all of these things because that's not my gifting. He didn't give it to me either. Susan, he didn't don't feel bad. <laughs> so. But then I'm also thankful that someone created calculators. So here we go. Amen. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's actually jump into what it is that we're supposed to be talking about today. Terry, yeah. um, will you read for us? Um, starting at verse 15 through 24, chapter two, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all of the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. All right. I think uh, that when God brought Eve to the man, this is the real translation. Instead of woman, I think it was like, whoa, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just shortened it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. A, that's cute. That's a great translation, Terry. <laughs> I like it. Whenever I read that passage, have you ever seen the movie? Um, so I married an axe murderer. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it's this totally ridiculous movie. And um, this guy, he's doing like beat poetry um, in some little dive bar or something. And he just goes, whoa, man. And like, that's what I see. That's what I hear every single time. And it's Mike Myers, like from ages and ages oh, ago. Oh my goodness. <laughs> whoa, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Carrie, we're awful. Uh, 
<laughs> cut myself off. Oh, <laughs> all right. Sorry. That's all right. You're good. Well, let's like let's start back at two fifteen, right? So this is really the first um, job that God has ever given anybody. I mean, yeah, he mm-hmm. certainly worked, but he's like, okay, dude, you're here. Let's give you some work to do. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because he didn't have to make a garden that needed to be cultivated, right? Everything was growing. It was abundant. It was flourishing. Um, so I think it just shows us that God knows all along that the way he's created us, we need a purpose. Yes. Um, and so God sets that up from the very beginning. And in that purpose, we find fulfillment and enjoyment um, that it's really uh, an integral part of, of being a, a human to need some kind of purpose in life. So I love that. One, in one of the little boxes in our homework, it said, work is not a four-letter word. Right. <laughs> and I thought uh-huh. that's so true. Oftentimes, you know, we think that way these days. Oh, I have to go to work or I have to work. Um, but work was meant to be fulfillment mm-hmm. and purpose for us. Um, yeah, we're, another way the enemies, you know, turned everything upside down. Right. You know? We're post-fall. So for us, the work yeah. can be toil and, and difficult. Yeah. We'll again get into that later. But yeah. the original reason for work was purpose. purpose. Probably for so many other things, because as you're working with God's creation, you get to know God in a more intimate way. Mm-hmm. So it was really a pathway for us to kind of see him more mm-hmm. and engage with him. Do you think Adam would kind of like wander around? Cause we know he was in communion with God, right? Because mm-hmm. God is seeing all these things and he's like, well, this is what you're going to do now. Um, do you think he was like, okay, God, so this tree right here, what do I need to do to make it um, flourish? What do I need? Tell me about this. Yeah. yeah. How much water does this guy need? And, um, you know, maybe when do I pick this? When do I, when do I trim this? When do I prune this? How do I, how far do I cut it back? Like, these are all questions that I ask the almighty Google, um, <laughs> when I'm out in the yard, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, but he could just ask God, like, huh, yeah, see this one. Look at a little peaked. How do we uh, fluff her up a little bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Well, I think that ties into what Rosemary was saying, too, that it was one more way to connect to God. Um, of course, you would have questions. Aren't we questioning creatures? We really are. We, you just said you questioned how in the world is two plus two equal four. We question everything. Yeah. So um, I think that's part of our curiosity. Um, and, and I do think that, um, you know, God, you know how we, we were talking earlier about how everything builds on everything else. God starts everything so that it lines up. He's, it's a network. Everything's kind of in a network that God's created. Um, I think it's that, that's the same kind of for us. We, we need information. It's part of who we are. We use that information in different ways, but all of that connects us to this network um, of God and his creation. Yeah. I think that's and, true. It's a very intentional yeah. Very intentional that he made us the way he did. Yeah. And the earth, the way he made the earth. Yeah. And then we talked a little bit yesterday about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of yeah. life and like yeah. why God would even put that knowledge of good and evil tree there. Um, and we talked a little bit about 
like free will, right? Like what's the point in that? Right away. If you eat from that tree, you're surely going to die. So, you know, does Adam even know what dying means? Does he understand that fully? Um, Yeah. I kind of went through some stuff on these trees a little bit on this tree in particular. And it was like exactly the same thing you were saying, Angie. It's like, you know, you'll have um, fluffleberries if you eat from this thing. It's like, what does that mean? We wouldn't understand that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think there's a lot of times where um, did he comprehend death? Because there wasn't anyone around him that died. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get that whole concept of death. Um, but the other part was, so I, I really kept thinking of it. And and the thing that kept happening was, he God also gave him an imagination and he gives us an imagination, right? And he could have imagined what death would be like. And God could have explained, this is what it's like. Mm-hmm. But even in the midst of all that, let's say that didn't work. He had relationship with God. He could have always gone back to God and said, I don't understand about this tree again. Can you please explain that to me? And he didn't do that. That was a piece. But then as I kept going, I was like, God tells me not to do things too. Mm-hmm. And I have an imagination. My imagination is not necessarily in a good godly order. And what I mean by that is I don't go, oh, God, I understand that could be like that. But I don't go, this could be a great plan though, God, let's do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or I think that person needs me to say something mean to them so they can understand what we're talking about, right? <laughs> like, I'll just get so tricky with that. And the truth is, Regardless of my imagination, regardless of what I think I know, I always have that opportunity to go back to God and say, okay, God, please talk to me about this. Please tell me what you want me to know. Go ahead. Think about our children. The Mm -hmm. minute you say, don't touch that. Yes. What's the, they're driven. They're, they're so motivated to touch that. You mean that? (laughs) Yeah. It's not that they're bad children. Right. Um, And certainly they could say, well, now mom, explain to me. Why right. I shouldn't touch that. Um, even though I, for me, I would have said, don't touch that because you'll burn yourself. Don't touch that because you'll, you know, cut yourself. Um, surely die. You'll surely yes. die. Exactly right. <laughs> and yet my kid, I've had, when they were toddlers, sometimes they would look right at me after I said that and do exactly what I told them not to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think they're, you know, that independence in the heart of man, that curiosity, um, that self-interest was there all along. Well, I want to see what happens. doesn't matter what you say is going to happen. I want to see what happens if I do X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. But Adam, I don't, he didn't question God on it. Not from Mm -hmm. what I read here. No. He's fine. He's good with it. And then he, you know, he's, he doesn't ask God why not or anything like that. Right. He's not the one that broke the rule first either, but, um, I think it's interesting that God gives Adam the command. He doesn't wait for Eve to come along and give it to both of them. He gives it to Adam before even as Eve is even there. Yeah. And I, I think uh, it might be off a little bit, but um, I just think that's because Adam was supposed to be the one to like lead his wife away from that or say to her, no, don't, don't go to that one. God said, right. don't eat from that one. Don't Delegated do authority. So yeah. God said to Adam, don't do it. Adam should have said to Eve, don't do it. And, and somebody said it to Eve because she knew it. 
She did know it. Right. Because we don't eat from that tree. Yeah. So right. somehow she got that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Although but she I, got it a little weird. Remember, she mm-hmm. doesn't she doesn't repeat it back the way God said it to the enemy. When he comes and tempts her. We're not ready yet. Right. We'll get but there. that's going to be in future <laughs> days. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll hold back. Right. So, but, go ahead. So Keep that I, thought till next time. Yes. Here's something that I think of, like, as we're reading this, if we trust that this is not just a narrative and that this is like happening chronologically also, mm-hmm. um, like God says to Adam, like, don't eat this, don't eat from this tree. Mm-hmm. And then Adam is just like, cool, man, thanks. And God says, I can see you need something more to do. So let me bring you every single creature that has been created on this earth and you're going to come up with a name for them. <laughs> I mean, that would, I think, take quite a bit of brain power. And here's the, like, here's something, I don't know, maybe this makes me an awful parent, but like, if I tell my kids don't do something and then they're standing there looking at it, right. Then I'm like, let's go do something else. You divert them. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's get you into something that's going to be healthier for you and change that thought pattern so that it's a healthier thought pattern. Right. So then God's like, hmm, let me just march all of these creatures in front of you and you can come up with names. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think care. that yeah. right. Like I think that was pretty yeah. intentional that mm-hmm. God was like, I'm telling you the rules. We're not going to fixate on this. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. And now we're going to move on to something else. I don't know. Rosemary, yeah. you're also, also, I'm sorry. I was just thinking of a, there's a Christian comedian and he goes, yeah, at the beginning of all that, it was hippopotamus. And I'll call this <laughs> giraffe. And he goes like, towards the end, it was like, fly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it just after a couple hours of that, it was like, yeah, fly. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Also, Adam in the long run, I think, needed to remember that God, because later on, Adam's blaming the, you know, his wife for some stuff, but God had to show Adam that he was, he needed more. Mm -hmm. The animals, that dog, yeah, great dog, dogs are great. It's not going to be enough for you. Mm -hmm. So here, take a look at all of these and see if any of these satisfy your deepest longing. For communion with a person, with another person, for personal interaction, you know, with someone other than God, and so he brings them all there, and and Adam's like, yeah, they're great, but I need someone who can help me cook and work in the field. But isn't this? I don't know that that's exa- only the things that he wanted, but that's okay. <laughs> no, but it was like, um, <laughs> sorry. I'm sure there's more, but I thought this My brain went that way too, Rosemary. I'm sorry. It's a Bible podcast. And we're kind of talking about marriage too, as God's doing it. Here's one part of that though. We imagine what we think we need. God has a better plan, like an immensely better plan. Here comes Eve. Mm -hmm. You know, something that we couldn't even conceive of. God often has those set up for us. Mm -hmm. Something that I put in my notes is that, um, they are literally MFEO made for each other. MFEO. Oh, I like, like, that. I like that. Literally. Yeah. Like there is no more literal made for each other than Adam and Eve. Yeah. And the human race wasn't complete until they were both here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So interesting to me that that Adam and all the animals were made from the dust of the ground. Only Eve wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I really found that interesting. And then also that God breathed life into Adam. It doesn't say anywhere about him breathing life into Eve. Are we just just assume that he gave Eve the same breath of life? Well, then he would have to do that for each one of us. As well, I don't know. Go ahead. That's an interesting question. I, this is okay. Just because this is how simple my mind works, but he says the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. Like I always just kind of thought of it as um like, here's the starting point, And then I'm going to take almost like Plato and mm-hmm. form it all around and mush it in different places and smooth things out differently. And um, then here you go. Hey buddy, it's time to wake up. Look who I have for you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that God breathed into her. That's a good question. I like it. I don't yeah, know. I always just assumed it was, come alive. Yeah. I mean, he just says he brought her to the man. But I mean, he used animals, material from man that he had already breathed into. Yeah. Like yeah. animals, he didn't breathe Mm-mm. the life breath into. of life into, and they were here. And they have God breathed soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He soul. Mm-hmm. More than just life, there was a soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just tossing it around. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. She's totally he, different. Yeah. Well, he remember in the beginning it says he created man, male and female, he created yes. mankind. So I would say it's, while it might be a different starting point, you know, he just formed man out of the dust of the earth, but he took that rib. I kind of agree with Suzanne. He probably took that rib and then built her around it. Mm-hmm. But I would sort of think he breathed, because we are the same. We're mankind. Right. Um. And so I kind of would say he probably did breathe the breath of life into her to, because we certainly have a living spirit. I mean, we are a living spirit because we are part of the creation of man. Right. So I kind of think and then, had to. Yeah. And so I'm starting to agree with you guys that possibly he did, that that's a strong possibility. Um, he created both male and female very intentionally. Mm-hmm. Not one better than the other, not one greater than the other. Right. It's us who get that confused. God never was mm-hmm. confused on that. What happened is they were complete. So both both men need women, women need men. Mm-hmm. And it's that oneness and it's that marriage and this God's idea of marriage um, that he is, is beginning to show us now. That oneness and that completeness. And I love that. I think that's why he took the rib from Adam. Because mm-hmm. putting that rib, using that rib to create Eve makes her a part of Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the oneness of procreation also, again, makes her a part. It makes them one. And so that, I, I think that is very intentional on God's part to keep reiterating that man and woman are one. 
he yes. sees him as one connected um, unit. Um, and yeah, I think that he has no confusion about that. We're the ones. We're the ones that create all that confusion. That create all that confusion. Yeah. 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 And that whatever differences there are between men and women were, are intentional. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, God, it's not a mistake. It's not some mix up. God intentionally made women the way he did. And he intentionally made man the, the way, men the way he made them. Um, so those differences are a good thing because they help us fit together. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have two um, square blocks, they're not going to really fit together. There's nothing to make them one if they're both exactly the same. They have to be different in order to fit together. Um, you know, I know I've used it before, but this came to my mind again, um, talking about how they fit together. And I think of the word dovetail. When yeah. you're working with mm-hmm. wood, mm-hmm. Uh, it you, you create things, um, not everything, lots of them have screws and nails or whatever, but a really good word worker can make the wood dovetail so completely that it fits together perfectly. And sometimes you can't even see a seam. Mm-hmm. It's almost seamless. And it's stronger Very when strong. it's done right like that than it yeah. is even um, with screws and nails. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did yeah. that a lot during the World War II when the steel mm-hmm. was going towards ammo and weapons. Yeah. Yeah. And here's, since you're t- Terry, I was thinking about dovetailing too, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's something that's interesting is um, in a lot of situations, when you dovetail something together, it actually makes it more durable because it makes it available to flex a little bit and bend a little bit and adapt to um, the different environments. So like mm-hmm. when it's swelling or when it's shrinking, if you had just one piece of wood, one piece of solid wood, it would crack and split. But when they're together like that in the right places and done the right way, then they can swell and contract and still stay together. Um, wow. That's a cool really image awesome. of marriage. It really is. That yeah, is. And God. So as I'm sitting there thinking about that, it's like we have each other, the marriage relationship has that intimacy um, and it can withstand storms, withstand difficulties and things like that and stay, still stay together. But the other part, when I look about that level of intimacy is being in a marriage relationship teaches about a relationship with God. Yeah. It's like, again, another way to see God mm-hmm. in all of this. And we'll oh, talk yeah. about that probably some more next time, but Probably a lot over the next couple of yeah couple of chapters, yeah. I would think. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, does um, somebody want to close us out today? That's me. I'm That's on awesome. it. Okay. Yeah. Oh Lord, we just praise you, God. We praise you for your creation. We praise you for your wisdom and your intention and your detail. Um, we praise you, God, for who you are. Lord, all of this reflects you. 
All of this shows us a way to be um, intimate and draw closer to you, God. And you've created us all for this purpose, Lord. There isn't one person that isn't created for a relationship with you. So, Lord, we ask that in as people read your word, as people engage with you, God, as people listen to this podcast, we pray that you open their hearts, their, we, you open their eyes and their ears, Lord, to hear you and to see you, God, so that um, they can draw even closer to you. God, you are amazing. And we just praise you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I almost went into fractals. (laughs) (laughs) And cut.